0: Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, the definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, Fantasy Football Mastermind, Michael Maserak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice, fantasy picks to click and flick, the latest NFL news, and much, much more, each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the fantasy football mastermind edge, Michael Nazareth.
1: Welcome to the show, everybody. It is week fourteen of the twenty eighteen NFL season. Fantasy playoffs begin now. Either you're still playing and listening to this podcast, or you're not listening and probably doing other things. Anyway, my name is Michael Nazarek. I'm fantasy fantasy football mastermind's uh, of co-founder and creator, uh, as well as the co- uh, co-host and host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Lots to say there, and with me today, we welcome back to the show my very good friend and uh, recipient of a new knee, <laughs> hey. Chris Rito. Hey, there you go. I'm glad I don't have to talk and people don't have to listen to me for 20 plus minutes straight. How you doing I'm today, sure Chris? I'm sure everyone
2: else feels the same way, Mike. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> so everything went well with the surgery and you're just in recovery, right?
2: Yeah, I'm in recovery. I'll be doing PT and rehab for, for several weeks. Uh, those Any of those listeners out there who have had this, they know what I'm in for. But uh, the, only, the one benefit that's really happened so far is that Friday, it was one of my first days home from the hospital, I was sitting around when TMZ released that video about Kareem Hunt. <laughs> And I happened to be sitting there, so I went and picked up Spencer Ware and all the leagues where he was available about an hour or two before anyone else saw it, an hour or two before Kareem Hunt got released. So I actually got a little bit of fantasy benefit from having my knee replaced already.
1: <laughs> I'm glad you're, uh, you you had that opportunity because – I had him in a very important league that we talk about here, SF Webmasters 14-team non-PPR. And unfortunately, he was drafted before I had a chance to draft him. He was drafted in the 15th round. It's only 18 rounds. I was going to grab him right in that round later on. He was drafted, and that team held on to him, even though that team finished, I believe, 3 and 10 in the year. Uh, he he held on to him. So I, you know, who knows that this? Who who would have thought that this would have happened? You would think an injury would knock him out, but. Here I am with Kareem Hunt, and, uh, you know, I I drafted Mark Ingram as my uh, three, and Lamar Miller as my four, and uh, Bryda also got on the team. He's out this week. I lost Greg Olson, so I'm going to be scrambling for some free agents later on this evening. Of course, we're doing this show at 6 p.m. Eastern time instead of the normal 11 p.m. Eastern time. That's when the waivers run, so I've got some strategy in fact, you and I are going to be talking about this after the show uh, to try and make up for the loss. I don't think it's—I uh, don't think I can do much. But you know, we're going to be talking about some of the options here. Let's get right to the news, and of course, it leads off with the Kareem Hunt video of him uh, pushing down a girl and kicking her. And of course, uh, everybody had the negative reaction. The Chiefs promptly released him because he basically lied to them. He's been put on the commissioner exempt list. No one claimed him. He's going to be a free agent. He can't play. Uh, basically, I think he's going to sit out the rest of the season, probably on the list. They're going to—they're doing their investigation. They've got a couple other incidents that happened—one from January, one from later in the spring. Uh, this kid's in major trouble here. Um, what do you think, uh, Chris? Do you think he's ever going to play in the in the NFL again? Or we we thought at one point Michael Vick wasn't, and look what happened—he came back and you know blew it up. What what, what do you think of Cream
2: Hunt? Oh, he'll give them a chance. He's too young and too good not to. The only reason Ray Rice didn't is that he was at the end of his career. This is basically a carbon copy of the Ray Rice situation. So, Rice mm-hmm. was at the end of his career, and he had questionable, you know, motor left and, and legs left. So. But Kareem Hunt is he was, he's barely 23 years old. He'll get a chance. Somebody will bite the PR bullet. It, it may not be next year. It may not be until the year after. And whenever he signs, he's going to have at least a six-game suspension waiting for him, maybe more, depending on what the league yeah. decides to do. So, I, I mean, he'll, but he'll get, he'll get signed somewhere. There was just no way he was going to get picked up in the short term and have someone deal with the PR crap right now.
1: Yeah. I think the the Redskins saw that with Reuben Foster when they claimed him last week, uh, and now this happens. So can, can you imagine if Washington had claimed Kareem Hunt? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Yikes. Anyway, uh For fantasy owners, Spencer Ware there, obviously, is the the starter now. Uh, We've got Damian Williams, and then they just recently re-signed Charkandrick West. Is Ware really the only one to consider here, or what about Damian Williams? What what do you think?
2: Um, I think Ware's definitely the main one to consider, and he's going to get the first crack at the lion's share of the carries. He certainly carried the load in 2016 when Jamal Charles went down, you you guys may recall. Um, I do worry about Williams cutting into it. They really like him, obviously. They let Charkandrick West go in the preseason because they re- and even though West have been a good solid contributor on special teams and-, and as a backup, so I think they really like Williams, and Williams looked good in the small doses. He's been out there all throughout the season, so it may be a little more of a committee than it was certainly with Kareem Hunt, but I think where it's the best guy, Williams is the next best, and Tarkandrick West is in no way in hell at this point.
1: Okay. <laughs> Let's uh, move on over. The, the Packers uh, lost another game and fired the coach. Head, uh, head coach Mike McCarthy that, that brought them a Super Bowl title uh, gone. Uh, they named uh, offense coordinator Joe Philbin the interim head coach. Is there any fantasy impact here at all? Uh, what, what do you think happens with Aaron Rodgers and crew there in Green Bay this week against the Falcons at home?
2: Yeah, I think there's short-term fantasy impact, and we'll talk a little bit more about this with some of our clicks and flicks, but uh, when you get a change mid-season like this, it generally fires everyone up a little bit, Um, even if you like the change or whether you like it or not. In this case, it looked like the Packers were all playing kind of lethargic. I don't think it was because they didn't like McCarthy or they didn't like his plan, but I think it was because there was this axe hanging over his head, and everyone kind of knew it was coming, and it was really taking a toll on the team. And I think with with him gone and now that it decided – they might play a little more uplifted. So this week they're going to play with a little more mojo. I think that some of the things that McCarthy have been specifically criticized for, Philbin's going to go out of his way to push, and we'll talk again more about that later. But I think, So I think this mm-hmm. week is a good week to play some of your Packers and maybe a bad week to play some of your Falcons because defense is very emotional, and the Packers' defense always plays well at home, and it's an emotion-driven game. So you might, might be careful of that too.
1: There you go. Well, I'd already mentioned at the top of the show that uh, both James Conner is out this week with an ankle injury, and Matt Bright is not going to play. He aggravated that ankle in pregame warm-ups, yet he still did play in the game. Kyle Shanahan said he's going to sit him this week. They're not playing for anything there. That's uh, the wise move. So fantasy impact, uh, Chris, you got uh, – looks like Jeff Wilson – is going to be starting for Bryda, and uh, maybe Jalen Samuels might be starting for, for Connor, although Stephen Ridley is going to be there too. What, who do you think between these two, who would you pick up uh, if you uh, needed to win this week?
2: This week, definitely, Samuel. He's got a far, far better matchup and, and less likely to share time. I think he's going to get the lion's share of the action, but, but Ridley has proven himself to be valuable, and even though Samuel is pretty big, I think Ridley on the goal line is a pretty good short-distance runner as well so he might there's always a chance he might lose some touches when you look at Wilson um, I'm a little bit concerned here because he got the touches last week and the week before that were available because Albert Morris wasn't available or Alfred Morris sorry Alfred Morris was a healthy scratch the last two weeks because he couldn't contribute on special teams like Wilson could now that they know Bryda is out Morris will be active and he's gonna I think cut into that especially on the goal line more than a lot of people might think. So I'm a little leery of starting Jeff Wilson this week and assuming he's going to put up brighter like numbers.
1: Okay. And uh, right before we went to uh, air here, uh, the latest news just came out. The Buffalo Bills just dumped a couple of veteran wide receivers. One is the don't really care in terms of Andre Holmes. But the other one's Kelvin Benjamin. We're talking about a guy they traded for last year, but in 18 games playing for them, he scored two touchdowns. They said that they're going with the younger players. Of course, Zay Jones is coming off that great two-touchdown game. Josh Allen apparently wasn't getting along with Kelvin Benjamin. He wanted to go out uh, a couple of games ago and and throw uh, practice on routes before the game time, and Kelvin Benjamin said no. Uh, what, what's going on here? Do you think Kelvin just didn't like the cold up there in Buffalo, or, or has he lost his mind? What's, what's going on? What do you think?
2: I'll well, not rule either one of those things out. Clearly he's lost a step. So I, I think that's the bigger thing. He's just not the best, one of the best receivers on that team anymore, and clearly being five or six years older than a lot of the guys they had, it made no sense with a the, with the rookie quarterback not to let him gel with those young guys. Zay Jones, like you said, is playing well. Robert Foster, they're really high, and he's playing well. It really makes sense for the remainder of this year for that team to say, we're going to focus on building for our future. And Andre Holmes at his age and Kelvin Benjamin with his age and potential free agency are just not a part of that. So this was a move just yeah. to clarify things and say, this is what we're going to focus on, and we're going to work on these relationships going forward.
1: Yep. I agree with you there, and then you mentioned uh, Robert Foster, another uh, Al- uh, Alabama graduate. Yes, uh, Roll tied. Uh, we won the NCC championship. Of course, I, I lived in Alabama for, for 30 years, went to UAH, University of Alabama, Huntsville, sister college of University of Alabama in Tuscaloosa, uh, going for another championship later this year, but uh, I-, I always love to see the, the alumni uh, have success, obviously, in the NFL. Let's get them right to the list of injuries real quickly here. Uh, quarterback Mitchell Kudrebinski with the shoulder. Uh, the- there's a good chance he might be able to come back and play this, year, this week, but uh, we'll see if he practices uh, later this week. Marcus Marietta with a right hand. He practiced on Tuesday after being limited on a Monday. He's trending in the right direction to play Thursday night against the Jaguars. Joe Flacker with the hip, still uncertain there. We'll see if he practices. He's progressing, but I'm not sure if they're going to use two quarterbacks this week or not. We'll find out later in the week. Sam Darnold with the foots expected to start and replace Josh McCown. That's good news for the Jets. There, uh, Colt McCoy fractured his fibula on Monday night. Uh, what a tough break! It's going to be the the Mark Sanchez the fran- franchise right <laughs> Sanchez, the Mark Sanchez show in Washington for the rest of the season. By the way, they talked about uh, signing Colin Kaepernick uh, as a, as a backup. But they said that it would be too much uh, lead time, too much time for him to learn the system and all, and that they're, they're trying to work on signing Josh Johnson. Uh, Chris, right right off the top of your head, do you think that that's just another excuse to not sign Kaepernick?
2: No, I just don't think there's any point this late in the year to, to deal with any of the potential uh, PR stuff, either positive or negative PR. There's just no point having that distraction for a team that's vying for a playoff spot, fighting for its life at the front of its division, to try and also do that, plus to teach a guy a new offense. You've got to bring in a guy that knows as much of this offense as you can or something similar to it, and preferably a veteran guy who knows how to adjust on the fly. A guy that's been on a lot of teams, like a Sanchez, with a way better signing, even if he's not nearly athletically as gifted as, as Colin Kaepernick.
1: Mhm, That makes perfect sense to me. Okay, uh, the rest of the uh, injuries here. Melvin Gordon with a sprained MCL. They hope to get him back, but we'll see. We won't know until he starts practicing, and that may be this week or next. same thing with on Johnson maybe a little bit further along there. Uh, his status is uncertain until he uh, starts practicing. Chris Carson with the dislocated finger. Uh, Pete Curl said he expects him to play this week, although it's not a good matchup. We'll talk more about that later. A.J. Green with a toe injury. Uh, he tore ligaments in it. He's gone for the year, unfortunately. That means more of John Ross and Tyler Boyd there. Sammy Watkins with the foot. Didn't play this past week for the Chiefs. He's uh, uncertain again this week, as is da- Deshaun Jackson with a thumb in Tampa Bay. Christian uh, Kirk, uh, Just popped up on the injury report with a broken foot on Monday. He's been placed on an IR loss for the season. So it's Larry Fitzgerald and a bunch of no-names there. Kiki Ruti, uh, the hamstring in Houston, did not play. Uh, we'll see if he can practice later this week. Marquise Goodwin's been dealing with a personal issue. Uh, they're not talking about it uh, uh, for the last couple of weeks. Hasn't played. We'll see if he plays later this week. Uh, his teammate Pierre Garcona has been nursing that knee injury. He didn't play. We'll see if he can practice. Uh, Danny, Danny Amendola in Miami with the knee is uncertain uh, heading into this week's uh, practices. And Tajay Sharp uh, with an ankle limited on Tuesday. They hope that he can play on Thursday. Moving on over to the tight end position, of course, we know Greg Olson with the foot is lost for the season, so Ian Thomas becomes an option there. We're going to talk more about him in a little bit. Uh, Emin Ingram with a hamstring. Uh, Red Ellison's filling in okay there. We'll see if he can practice later this week. And Jeff Swain with a wrist doesn't look like he'll play. If he gets any kind of practice time in, then he may be able to play, but we'll see uh, come later this week. And, uh, We'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's Expert League Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim redrafter, dynasty, keeper, auction, salary cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, please visit our website, ffmastermind.com. Lots of good free stuff on there, including free uh, in-season INS Gas Scanner reports, including those from uh, uh, Chris Rito and the Colts. Uh, weekly fantasy newsletters include Daily premium injury quick bits It's all discounted down to $9.95 the, uh, the price of a pizza Expanded picks to click and flick The market feature just went over 125 possible free agents From the quarterback position All the way down to defensive matchups For the week NFL game matchup analysis From John Cooney throughout the week And of course we release our rankings On Wednesday night after the practices And we update them on Saturday And add uh, update our picks to click and flick And add late fantasy reaches there Follow me on Twitter Twitter, at Mastermind. Okay, this week's picks to clicks for week 14 as we start the uh, the uh, fantasy playoffs. A couple of quarterbacks you like, Chris, and why?
2: I'm going to start with Andrew Luck. I know he had a crappy week last week, but uh, the Houston native has generally done very well versus the Texans, and even better when in Houston. Uh, his last three road games in this matchup, I've seen him average just under 300 yards per game and two-plus touchdowns. And earlier this year, you may remember he dropped 464 yards and four scores on him. Uh, in Indy. I mean, I know the Texans' D is good, but the, the way to beat him is a short passing game and play action, and that's what this offense does best. So I like Luck this week. And then obviously I like Jameis Winston again this week. You know, he's playing like his career depended on it since forgetting the starting role, which it has. And he's not turned the ball over in consecutive games for amazingly the first time since his rookie year, putting up 25 points uh, or more in each of the last uh, two weeks. Now they get the Saints, who've allowed the second-most quarterback fantasy points and who limit the running game, so I suspect he's going to be hurling the ball a ton this week to try and keep pace in a shootout. He may even be a top-five overall quarterback play this week.
1: Okay, uh, a couple of quarterbacks I like this week, and we mentioned it before, uh, the Packers, uh, Aaron Rodgers. I think he's going to rebound, uh, with a little bit more vim, vigor in there uh, with the coach that uh, doesn't like him or whatnot. That, that, that issue is gone. I think they're playing at home, and obviously they're probably not going to make the playoffs. They may not be uh, officially eliminated, but I think they're going to win this game against Atlanta. And it's another team that's hurting and, and not producing very well. I think he's going to rebound with a co- at least a couple scores in this game. And Baker Mayfield for Cleveland, the Panthers' secondary is really struggling. They've lost what three or four games in a row there. Uh, I think uh, Baker's going to get get his against the Panthers this week. Not quite sure if they're going to win the game, but. For fantasy, that doesn't really matter. I think he's going to get two-plus scores in this game, so start him if you own him and you need him. A couple of guys I'm not crazy about this week, Andrew Driscoll of Cincinnati. Uh, They have to go on the road against the Chargers without A.J. Green, of course, again. Uh, Driscoll really struggled last week. Uh, And, of course, I think Carson Wentz is going to struggle in Dallas. A hot, hot Dallas defense. Totally shut down Drew Brees. And the Saints last Thursday night, I think he's going to be – Wentz is going to have trouble in this game uh, throwing touchdowns, uh, especially since he's really not connecting well with Alshon Jeffrey ever since the Golden Tate uh, Tate, uh, trade has happened. So I'll be very uh, wary and and temper your expectations on Carson Wentz this week. A couple of quarterbacks you're not crazy about and why, Chris.
2: I'm going to start with Jared Goff. I mean, I know the offense is really potent, but this is the Bears' defense at home in cold weather. Uh, I'm not saying golf might not be startable, but uh, the Rams passing offense certainly showed signs of of being human last week, and the Lions created a really nice blueprint to defend them, and one which the Bears have the personnel to execute even better. Chicago has only allowed six passing touchdowns total in the last six games, and they lead the NFL in interceptions by a mile. He's a real caution play here. And then uh, almost a permanent member of the flick list in the last five or six weeks is Matt Stafford. I mean, there's just still too many holes on this offense to make him a viable play especially with Marvin Jones gone and Kerryon Johnson, not a guarantee to play. In any case, there's no viable pass options in Detroit aside from Galladay, and he's going to see Patrick Peterson all day. Uh, I do believe the Lions are going to try and control the ball with blunt and win on defense against this offense. And with in a game likely to be close and low scoring, his volume is going to be low. So there's just no reason to start him right now.
1: Okay. How about a couple of running backs you like and why?
2: I mentioned him a moment ago, LeGarrett Blunt. Um, You've got to like a running back playing against the Cardinals anyway. Um, while they've got a, lot, a ton of yards, the touchdown total of 15 rushing scores on the ground really intrigues me. Even if Carry on Johnson's back and ready to handle significant snaps, Blunt is still going to be the goal line hammer and is a solid play no matter what Johnson's status is. And if he sits, Blunt gets 15 plus carries against a really soft run defense. Another guy I like is Aaron Jones. Um, I really like Jones this week, and not just because the Falcons are so sorry at stopping the run. One of the very public criticisms of Mike McCarthy was his underuse of the highly effective Jones, and I think that Philbin, who is run-centric anyway, is going to react to that and feed him a solid dose of carries for the first time against this soft defense. There's really not a better way of giving yourself a good shot at a head coaching job than by succeeding exactly how the pass guy failed. So I think he's very aware of that, and he's also – he would prefer to run anyway. So Jones is going to get probably his most carries as a Packer.
1: Okay. Uh, a couple of guys I like this week, Gus Edwards, uh, provided he's healthy there. I think he's going to run all over the Chiefs. It's uh, going to be a ball control offense there to try and uh, keep the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes off the field there. So I think uh, he's the best play there from the running backs for Baltimore. Uh, Justin Jackson for the Chargers, a surprise uh, play. Didn't do much in the first half of last uh, Sunday night's game against the Steelers. They made adjustments. He got nine touches in the second half, including a really nice touchdown run. He makes a nice play against the Bengals, who are just, uh, their defense is just uh, unforgettable right now. (laughs) This is providing Melvin Gordon sits. So we'll see if Gordon is going to play or not later this week. If he does uh, not then Justin Jackson becomes a really nice uh, play for fantasy owners that need him. A couple of uh, running backs I'm not crazy about this week. Deion Lewis, Tennessee. Jaguars, uh, you know, they're not giving up on the season. Shut shut out the Col- Colts last week, and I think the Jaguars are going to limit him like they did in week three. I think he had like 30-plus yards or so uh, of offense in that game. <clears throat> so be careful, temper your expectations with Dion Lewis. And Chris Carson with that finger injury and the Vikings' run defense, very good run defense, uh, equals fantasy bench in my mind. If you've got any anybody a little bit better there than Chris Carson with that matchup, be careful there. A couple, how about a couple of uh, running backs you're not crazy about and why, Chris?
2: I'm going to start with Spencer Ware. I mean, he had a shot in his first game as a starter against that terrible Oakland run defense, and he just did not impress me. He seemed to lack the burst he showed in a full-time role two years ago, and this week he, now he faces a top-notch defense instead. I think the Ravens will still probably shift toward defending the pass rather than Ware, so he might have some chances, but I just have doubts he's elusive enough to warrant a start against this unit in your fantasy playoffs. Next couple weeks, yes, maybe not this week. And then I don't really like Peyton Barber this week. You know, if you, since taking over the Balcow role, his productivity has decreased each game, and with his relatively low participation in the passing game, one really wonders what his usage might be in this week's matchup against the Saints. He has scored a touchdown in three straight games, so in scoring heavy formats, I might be considering him as a number three or a flex, but 2.7 yards per carry over the last couple weeks has me concerned when facing the NFL's number one statistical run defense.
1: Okay, I'm about a couple wide receivers you like and why?
2: Gotta love T.Y. Hilton. This is one of those historical matchups he always crushes. Uh, He's just always scored well against them, but he just has ludicrous career numbers versus the Texans in Houston. Six career games at Houston. T.Y. is averaging 122 yards per game and more than a touchdown a game. Should be the top target for what should be a bounce-back game for this offense. He's a high-ceiling option against a team that is vulnerable to the deep pass. And then I like Chris Godwin this week. As I said before, I love the Bucs passing game this weekend. Lattimore and double teams likely will place much of the focus on Mike Evans. And as is the case most weeks with the Saints, the number two guy is the one who exceeds his normal fantasy production. So Godwin's a guy I like down the field, even if d is back in the lineup. Uh, You know, Godwin and Winston meshing and his play have each been a little bit better each week, so I kind of like him to have another chance at a 100-yard game this week.
1: Okay. A couple of guys I like this week. Well, the first one you're going to start, but I, I really like him this week. Ramari Cooper for Dallas. I think he's a must-start against that injury uh, injured uh, Eagle secondary. Could uh, be multiple, uh, multiple touchdowns uh, in this game for him. And Z Jones, we just mentioned this about uh, Kevin Benjamin being released, uh, the the Jets secondary just flat out sucks. <laughs> so I could see Zay putting up another good game. Not not quite sure if he's going to score twice again, but I could get to see him scoring in this game, so if you need him, start him. A couple of wide receivers, and I'm not crazy about this week. Corey Davis, a tough flooding against Jalen Ramsey and the, and the, and the uh, Jaguars once again, if that's the case. Uh, Ramsey is beat up, so watch the uh, injury report, but if he plays in this game and start and starts against uh, Corey Davis, there he limited Davis to two for 34 back in week three. Uh, that's not good for Davis and his fantasy owners. Uh, John Ross in Cincinnati, of course, people with AJ Green might have Ross uh, just like myself. I'll probably have to start him because I have very little options. But I tell you, you shouldn't expect much against the Chargers, a very good defense there. It's going to be on the road, too, and Andy Driscoll doesn't inspire uh, inspire confidence there. So be careful there. Uh, How about a couple of wide receivers uh, that you uh, are not crazy about, uh, Chris, and why? I'll
2: start with Alshon Jeffrey. He's only got a single 100-yard game as an Eagle, and he's really slumped from that since the acquisition of Golden Tate, like you mentioned earlier. He hasn't topped 48 yards in the five games since they got Tate and hasn't scored in that time. He also has a very poor history against Dallas since joining the Eagles, averaging 40 yards per game on only nine total catches in three games. In what could be a low-scoring game and facing the team that best limits opposing fantasy wide receivers, he should be a very, very bad play. And here's one that may shock you a little bit. He's a caution play. He's not a bench by any stretch. DeAndre Hopkins. He has a very oddly unproductive history against the Colts, despite his tremendous career stats. Um, While he has scored in his last two games against Indy, those are the only two touchdowns of his career – in this twice-a-year matchup, and at home he's been downright pedestrian with three of his five career home games versus Indy under 70 yards with an average of just over 75 in those five games. So I also look at Demarius Thomas, who always seems to light up the Colts as well, so he, sh- he might continue to rise and take some targets. I think he's an absolute must-play, wide receiver number one, especially with my expectation of a higher-scoring game this weekend, but that definite caution play from his usual high-end numbers based on his historical lack of production against the Colts.
1: Okay, how about a couple of tight ends you like and why?
2: A couple of guys who might even be available on your waiver wire, at least the first one, Ian Thomas. He looked very good stepping in last week when Olsen went down for good on Sunday, caught all five of his targets, and this week they faced the Browns, who have allowed far and away the most targets to tight ends in 2018 and among the most fantasy points. Thomas could be a good waiver wire pickup for a team that lost a stud like Olsen injury or who has been undermanned at the position based on matchups this week and throughout the playoffs for the next few weeks. And I like Vance McDonald. Very few teams allow more targets and fantasy points to the tight end than do the Raiders. And only the Chiefs have allowed more tight end points in 2018. He's still one of the most targeted tight ends despite splitting time and missing time earlier this year. I think Big Ben should continue to lean on him, making him a solid PPR producer even without hitting pay dirt. Okay, a couple of tight ends I like this week,
1: uh, Jared Cook with Oakland uh, Steelers can be beaten by the tight end in other words, they don't play very well uh, Cook's uh, gelling well there with uh, with Derek Carr recently uh, of course with all the injuries they've had to the wide receiver position, he scored coming off in a really nice game last week, so if you got him, ride right, him against the Steelers, uh, that is a home game also for Oakland, he plays better at home there David Njoku's been up and down, but a good matchup there, the Panthers just simply cannot stop stop the tight end and he's playing at home, so if you got Njoku you you play him, I think he can score in this game. He might even score twice in this game. So I like him that much. A couple of tight ends I'd be very, very careful about. Uh, Cameron Brait, we always talk about this, but the Saints do limit the tight end. So uh, I know that Winston likes Brait. It's going to be interesting to see what happens here, but it's not a slam dunk that he uh, scores or makes an impact in this game. Of course, this game uh, is – in Tampa, so that he does have that uh, going for him, but I'd be careful about that uh, matchup there. And Austin Hooper, Atlanta, uh, he was the only productive receiver last week. Well, the Packers have allowed just one tight end score in 2018 – so, um, you know, if you've got him and you have to start him, you start him. Like I've been starting him in a couple of my leagues, uh, we just cross, him, uh, cross our fingers and hope and pray that he can get, overcome this and, and possibly get into the end zone. But it's going to be very tough, especially in Green Bay uh, with that emotional Packers team there. How about a couple of tight ends you're not crazy about and why, Chris? I'll
2: start with Chris Herndon. Um, he's been one of the most matchup-dependent tight ends in the league so far. He's been over 10 PPR points four times and each time with against the bottom ten tight end defender. But he's been almost silent against any of the teams that are in the top ten in defending the tight end, including a very quiet three for 34 yards four weeks ago against these same Bills. So it's still the Bills. I still say Herndon is going to have a low day. And I don't really like Kyle Rudolph this week. He's really He only has ten PPR points or more one time since week four. He's not scored a touchdown since week three. He's been largely forgotten, and Dalvin Cook's return and use in the short passing game might just continue that trend. With the Vikings facing a Seattle team that's been amongst the best at defending the tight end this year, it looks like a good week to consider other options with more upside for your playoff run.
1: Okay, it's time for one-hit wonders at kicker and defense. Hit me with them, Chris.
2: Uh, First kicker is Sebastian Janikowski. The Vikings have allowed the second-most points to kickers, and Seabass has only missed one field goal at home so far this year, so I like him this week for a for a hot Seahawks team. And I like Mike Badgley. Uh, First of all, you just play all kickers that face the Bengals, period. Lots of scoring chances will come up for him. As far as defenses go, I I like Buffalo at home uh, against the Jets. I mean, Darnold probably is supposed to be back in the lineup this week, and they're a a turnover machine when he's in there, and they weren't a whole lot better when when, uh, McCown was in there without without turning over the ball because he got sacked more. This one might be closer to an unwatchable 0-0 game than anyone might think. And then I kind of like the Giants this weekend against the Washington. I know it's a little bit different than what I mentioned to you earlier, uh, Mike. I like the Giants against Washington. I went back and looked at some numbers on Sanchez. He's averaging one-and-a-half turnovers a game through his career. This is kind of known. He turns the ball over. But opposing fantasy defenses in his entire career have averaged over nine points per game against him since his rookie season. So that looks like a good bet, even for a, a, a good streaming team like the Giants, who are probably on your waiver wire.
1: Yep, go Giants, go. Okay, before we say goodbye, <clears throat> I got this question from the Ask the Experts question over there at, e- at um, Fantasy Football Index Magazine, FFIndex, FantasyIndex.com, I believe. Um, the question is, uh, as you enter the playoffs, fantasy playoffs, What's the one piece of advice you try to give people uh, to uh, you know uh, as they enter the playoffs? What 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 good solid piece of advice off the top of your head, Chris? I've got my answer here, but I know you're unprepared for this. But is there anything you could tell the people out there to do uh, as they enter the playoffs?
2: Same thing I tell people week one: play your studs, because even if you got a big difference in matchup and you're saying, boy, this guy's playing the, the Oakland Raiders and he can run on them, play your studs, because if you lose. With Melvin Gordon on your bench while you start Doug Martin, for example, you're going to just kill yourself. If you lose playing what you think is your best guy, you'll say, okay, I just got beat or it didn't work out. You'll feel better if you play your studs, even if it doesn't work out for you. So when in doubt, play your studs. Only use the, the matchup as a tiebreaker amongst equal players.
1: Oh, I guess you read my answer because <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what I have mentioned to uh, Fantasy Index. It's obvious. You, you play the guys that got you there. They, 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 are the, the, n- normal number one and number two running back and number one and two wide receiver, uh, provided they're healthy and they're playing. Uh, you know, and and they're not going to be limited or whatnot. You 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 live and die and you win and lose with the guys that got you to the playoffs because no one wants to start a backup player on a, on a, on a whim or whatever because of a really good matchup and then you have your bench on, the, on a, your stud on the bench and he goes off for 20 points and your backup scores 3 and you lose by 5 that's that's you're going to be thinking about that for the entire off season exactly. we're talking not just weeks It's months. It's more than half a year. So think about that, people. Anyway, thank you all for joining us. For Chris Rito, uh, this is Michael Nazarek. See you all next week when we preview week 15 of the 2018 NFL season in our penultimate episode. Yes, goodbye, good night, and good luck to everyone playing this week.
0: You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazarek the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.